o'clock on a Saturday. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Felix Reyes. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. And special guest, Mark Potash. Bears guy sometimes will pop in later this hour. Good morning, Fred. How you doing? I'm doing great. Can't <laughs> wait till tomorrow. Yeah. The uh, Bears and Eagles finally get to go at it. And uh, lot, the, whole, the entire city can't wait. Huh. The uh, the weather's going to be nice. Going to be, I think, thirty eight at kickoff, forty something, uh, maybe even a little bit warmer. So uh, should be a perfect day for football on the lakefront. Oh, weather report from from Fred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> you had a little Tracy Butler in there for you, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> forty degrees. Can you imagine this? The whole the whole country's going, oh boy, oh, it's going to be that cold. We saw Phoenix. Phoenix was 30 with snow this week. Well, you know what? I saw the big weather map, and it's colder than normal down there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, if, if we had a... Where's my water bell? If, if we had weather like this every winter, everyone would move here. Sure. Uh, yeah. Everybody would leave everywhere else and come to Chicago. So, uh... I did not know that. Thank you for teaching me that. I did not know that. <laughs> like you're teaching Tracy the weather, right? Tracy, 25 years. You got a nice, well, I heard that. nice award and yeah, everything this cool. week. Yeah, very nice. All right, tell you what. We're going to talk Bears uh, throughout the entire show. We're going to be truncated a little bit for some uh, Notre Dame basketball. We'll fill you in on that a little bit later. Fred, there, there's something about this guy. Remember, there was a movie, There's Something About Mary? Yeah. Yeah. There's something about this guy, Nagy. And I don't know if it's... And I'm talking about his press conferences. Maybe that he actually answers questions? Well... Like a normal individual? Yes. But even... And, and you're exactly right. It's probably we're so beaten down and jaded over all the years of the John Fox-type guys mm-hmm. and... The, and Lovey, you know, and they they did it their way. That's fine. They well, he had... may get there too. I mean, Nagy's a first year head coach. You think so? He may get that where place where he realizes that it, there's no upside for him to be honest at press conferences. And uh, <laughs> well, most a lot of coaches have gotten there, and uh, you just listen to Bill Belichick and some of the other longtime coaches, and even mm-hmm. Ditka back in the day. Uh, there's really no upside of being uh, being cordial and everything else. Yeah, you know, uh, when you say being honest, well, the other guys were honest. They just didn't say anything. Well, I don't think that they lied. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, they they didn't tell you right. a lot of things. Uh, they, they didn't tell you the truth, the whole truth. Right, they wouldn't go into details, where Nagy seems to go into details quite often. See, I don't think he's going to change. Yeah, he... I think he's a Pennsylvania guy, and this is the way he is. Now, uh-huh. for instance... Every coach, I'm sure, at every level, be it, you know, Jesse Rogers coaching his son's Little League in Northbrook to professional sports. Every head coach, manager in baseball, they get tested to a degree. You know, he's the new guy. How far can we go? Yep. So it's not unique. Now, we have a soundbite here uh, from uh, Coach Nagy. Uh Uh-huh. And... No, don't worry. It's not one of the ones you heard all week. We have a few fresh things. As we always try to do on Saturday, Murph and Fred, bring stuff to you that's uh, new. You know, Now, of the, he had the big press conference Monday, and then he had his regular one again on Wednesday or something. Right. Uh, so we had a lot of bites. I, I, I pulled some here with Felix. Felix Array is today doing a great job. Now, here's Nagy, and I've never heard a coach actually talk about 
how the players will test you. You're the new guy. Right. Well, let's eavesdrop. And here's what makes this guy so unique. Can you think of an example, a specific example, one or two this year where the dark sides come out? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Can <laughs> sure? You had to drop that hammer a lot this year. These guys seem like no. pretty good. So. No. Maybe two times all year. Man, Why do you think that is just the leadership inside? The veteran guys, they kind of understand when to work, when to have fun type thing? What, for me, when I did it? For the players, that you haven't had to do it as much. Would you yeah, say? yeah, no, because they get it. And that was earlier in the year. When, when these, It hasn't happened in a while because they're, they know now. They, they didn't know me. They didn't know who I was, how I coach, how I teach, how I react to certain situations. And they're learning. They were learning the process. They didn't know where to go stand on a Saturday morning for walkthrough. So... You stand over here. You come out here with the right shoes. You got the wrong shoes on, you're going in to get the right shoes on. And so they didn't know those things. And so, and then they do it for three weeks, and then they test me, and they come out, and they say they forgot. Well, no, you didn't forget. Go back and get your shoes on. Now they don't do that, you know? So they get it, and and, um, and so I don't have to do it anymore. All right, a coach of the year, I believe, a Bears head coach. Sure. Now, when have you ever heard a head coach talk like I know it must happen all the time. Yeah. Some coaches are able to succeed, and... And, uh, you know, I don't want to say, lay the law. Here's how we're doing it. Right. You wear your shoes. You stand over there. But does that also imply that a lot of other coaches let it slide? Oh, sure. Sure it does. And this guy, even though the players, you know, from all we can tell, they love him. Well, uh, the wins help. Well, of course. Yeah, because oh, if, right. lo- if they're losing, mm-hmm. they take all of his shoe stuff and they tell him, stick your shoes and everything else. We don't care about it. But they're winning, so they mm-hmm. figure they've got a guy there that, one, cares about them, and two, hel- is helping them. For, you know, in the long run, they yeah. win. They all get rings. They make more money. Hmm. All kinds of good things. Well, so if they find a guy that can help them with that, yeah. they're going to they're gonna listen to things he says. Well, let's play chicken or the egg. Uh, Wins come first. Yep. But, yes, of course. But, however, but it, it, does the discipline help you coach them to win? In other words, when they realize, you know, here's where we stand. Here's the shoes we wear. Here's what time we get here. We listen to this. We do that. I think players like that, number one. They want to have an organiz, uh, you know, organized day. They want to have their ritual. They want to know what to do. But doesn't that also perhaps lead them to play better, to listen more, to try to cross every uh, T, dot every I, as opposed to, well, you know what, well, I'll just half listen because I can get away with everything else. I don't know. I mean, I've never been in a locker room. Yeah. But it could, you know, it, it can't hurt, can no, it? No, it can't hurt. Um, you know, once... Once you get one guy, you got to get the main guy to buy in. Mm-hmm. So once Khalil Mack got here, which was actually too late into the process, but if there were any people questioning it, when Khalil Mack got here and they saw him as a guy that came to practice and busted his tail and didn't show that, hey, I'm the biggest, I'm the highest paid defensive player in the league. I don't have to do this, 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 and this. Right. Then everybody else <laughs> fell in line. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure no if it was like that before the season no, started. No, you're right. So now more in the when you listen more and more to Nagy. Now, he's talking, and I didn't hear any of these cuts this week because there was so much flying around, but he let in a few more little things about the progression and the uh, learning curve of uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh Remember Fred and uh, Felix a couple weeks ago, one of our Twitter polls, and we talked to a few of the experts out there that uh, we have on, from like Mark Potash joins us in a little while today from the Sun-Times, and we speculated how much... Of the uh, overall playbook that eventually 
or Matt Nagy's going to put in. How much of that playbook is in now? Right. And I believe our Twitter poll was, you know, 20%, 40%, 60%, 80%. And then we had a few experts and uh, uh, one, uh, I remember it was 25%, about one-fourth, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we were even speculating less than that. If I recall, well, I, I thought there was forty oh, percent. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I was I was more at twenty. Okay, but regardless of what that number is, here was Nagy. Now, the national press still hasn't figured out the Bears. We'll talk about that, which is fine. I, I like it, and the national press, in my opinion, hasn't figured out uh, Trubisky yet. In fact, a lot of the local uh, Bears uh, uh, experts haven't figured out. I'm getting a little tired, Fred, of. Quote, you know, in talk radio, sports talk radio, uh-huh. you've heard me say this for 25 years now. We have the responsibility to risk being wrong. Right. That's what we do. That's why they're. Ha- that's why the station says we want you because we yeah. want your opinions. And sometimes, you know, hey, no one's 100 percent. Yeah. Years ago, I remember working with Dave Baum and a caller called up and says, Dave, could you please stop giving your opinion? <laughs> uh, he laughed and he said, well, if I stop giving my opinion, there'll yeah. be no reason for the radio to be here. Dave so. Baum, yeah. the chat champ. Uh-huh. One of the greats. Hope you're out there, Dave. Yep. But, but you know what? We, there's a guy here in Chicago. Doesn't matter who he is. And he's on the Bears, uh, you know, uh, insider type uh, uh, thing with... And uh, in the beginning of the year, uh, he says, you know what, until the Bears, this was after the Packer loss, until the Bears uh, win three in a row, I'm not saying nothing. Uh-huh. Then, they, then they won game two. How do they look? I don't know. I can't make a decision until they win three in a row. Then they win their second in a row, game three, right? No, 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 no. They've, you know, no I'm, then they win three in a row, right? You right. go, oh, yeah, this team's good. Well, anyone could do that. Uh-huh. So, Trubisky, let's eavesdrop here on Nagy. Now, I don't know if it's 20% of the playbook is in, 50%, 100%, but according to some of these little nuggets that he drops, you know, we don't, we're, we're sort of geared up not to listen to Prescott. I am, at least, Fred. Yeah. Geared up from the past, like we talked about, not to even listen to these press conferences. You know, okay, turn it off. I'll come back in five minutes. What's he going to say? Well, here's what he says. He's talking a little bit more about uh, uh, Trubisky and uh, are they putting, you know, what plays now is he able to absorb? uh For him, being able to, all of us together, um, finally figure out conceptually, you know, some, some things within this offense without getting into extreme detail, I think he's starting to really understand who we are becoming as an identity within this offense. So whether it's first and second down, whether it's third down, are there plays that we're feeling that he's feeling comfortable in um, running, and it doesn't matter what coverage you bring, and then are there plays that I'm feeling comfortable calling knowing that he's comfortable? And you mesh that all together, it takes time. It doesn't happen in week one, week two, week three. You build it up into this part right now and now what we need to do as a staff is pull back say okay what do we do best how do we use it versus this upcoming defense and and try to keep it going stop the tape there's a lot right there Uh he's basically admitting that in the first two three four five weeks you know uh, we didn't know what he could do he didn't know what we could call comfortable with him he's got to be comfortable with us right and then he says Plays that basically to paraphrase, you know, plays that weren't in week one, week two, week three, things we couldn't do. Week one, two, three. There might be stuff, Fred, that they can't do in year one. Oh, sure. Or year two. Sure, they won't even try stuff. Probably. It's it's so it's so potentially infinite. 
with what he's doing with the offense that I, I don't think any of us are able to grasp it unless you're actually an NFL inside uh, uh, offensive uh, coordinator or a scheme guy or a quality control breaking down tape. I mean, we try to watch it. We're just fans. Even the experts, they can't make an opinion till they win three in a row. This guy, Nagy, is in uncharted territory, I believe, as far as what we are used to seeing. Well, certainly what we're used to seeing. But maybe... He might be a trendsetter with, with, with the, at the head of the NFL. Well, he, he's he's in the same kind of group as Andy Reid and, and uh, uh, Peterson and things like that. He, guys that have very very creative offenses. Guys that are not mm-hmm. um, not hesi- They won't hesitate to be aggressive if they are quarterback and do it. If he can't, they are they're not. You know, they're prepared to pull back. Uh, you, you've seen uh, Trubisky not throw nearly as many balls downfield mm-hmm. because they realize that he's really good with the short and intermediate passing game like they did a couple weeks ago to the dink and dunk stuff. That works. They may take a shot or two downfield, but maybe not as many as they did in the past, and that seems to be an adjustment that they've made. Uh, they had a nine-minute drive the other day, 16 plays, 75 yards, nine minutes. That's that's pretty darn amazing. We We had talked earlier this year about overtime, which is 10 minutes, and if you took a drive that took all that long, right. well, they just they just had a drive that was nine minutes and five seconds, right. sixteen plays marching downfield. So that's what you try to do: uh-huh. eat the clock, keep the ball, and eventually score. And that's exactly what they did. So uh, I, I think that Nagy is learning a game by game, as Trubisky is, of what's going to work and what's going to be the best. That's why over the last four games, you've seen them. Last five games, you've seen them do things, and uh, it, it's all worked. They haven't trailed very often. They've led in the second half of every game this year. The only team in the league that's done that. So um, I think that they're they're both learning, both you know at the hip of each other. They're learning. Uh, you see, Matt Nagy's learning more each and every game, and so is Trubisky. And now as they go into this one, uh-huh. hopefully they've got a game plan that they both um, think is going to work. Well, speaking of that. One of Mark Potash's uh, little nuggets, which we'll have uh, Mark with us uh, in a he few had great minutes. Stuff. First and ten the other day was awesome. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But he had one. He said, "This is the first season the Bears have not lost a game by more than seven since the 1963 George Halas yep. Super Super Bowl champs. Yep. It was called the World Championship back then. Uh huh. Yeah, haven't lost a game. Well, they've only lost four by by more than seven. Yep. Now you were just talking, Fred." About in the last few games, and uh, the shorter pass of Dink and Duncan, we all know everyone's going. Whoa, Howard's run! How come Howard's running? Oh, they're giving the ball to Howard. Well, I don't know much, but from the little things when you read, and you gotta read, you gotta read, because you get this here, you get this there, and it's pretty evident that the 49er game, they, the 49ers went from uh, playing man-to-man the entire season, according to some of the reports. They went to almost totally uh, uh, zone, zone yeah. and they called it soft, deep zone type thing because they were going to cut off those 20-yard slant patterns to Burton and those things were, you know, chunks of yardage. Right. So what does Nagy do? He starts running the ball yep. because now they only have seven in the box. No one's got eight in the box anymore. So now you run the ball. And everyone's saying, oh, boy, you know, he's running the ball more. Boy, he's really adjusting. Well, no, he's adjusting. He's adjusting to what the opposition's doing. That's hey, what he said he's all you. year long. That's what he said he was going to do. When mm-hmm. people kept saying, are you going to run the ball more? He mm-hmm. said, well, we'll run the ball based on our game plan and based on who we're playing and what defense they're playing. I mean, Howard, the last five games, he's got 399 yards, four touchdowns. And uh, 4.5-yard average, which is pretty darn good. Because 
there's only seven in the box because teams are now playing that deeper zone and they're not able to roll the uh, strong safety up, right? I mean, I'm guess. I mean, yeah, that's I what it all points I to. No, I don't either. I but. know one of the teams did. I don't. You know, Minnesota was rolling up everything the last uh-huh. week, and Howard still all ran right. for a lot of yards. So, okay. you know, and then you saw plays like a, a blitz, and all of a sudden he finds. He finds Kevin White on a, on a oh. great pass to the right side, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that was a tremendous play that didn't get a lot of talk. Well, it got a little bit of talk because Kevin White caught the ball, but people got to give Trubisky credit because that was a blitz right in his face, and he found ah. the guy he was supposed to find, nailed the pass, got the first down, and uh, we actually got to see Kevin White again. Well, you led us right to our next cut here. Now, this is Coach Nagy earlier in the week, and he says something that I've never heard before. He's talking about Trubisky's progression. Uh-huh. Not progressing through the zone and looking who's open first man, second man, third right, man. Right, going no. from His early in the season. His maturity to, yeah. might be a, a better word. And he says something. It's a short little about 15 seconds. And he's talking about, well, here, when they break the huddle, Trubisky, here's what he now is looking at as opposed to what he had been looking at. Does Mitch do, do better now relative to week one against Green Bay that you think is the best indicator that he's kind of ready for this moment? He just handles adversity. Uh, he knows how to he knows how to run this offense now. Yeah. You know he's he's at a point right now where when he calls a play in the huddle, he can start looking at the defense rather than looking at the offense. Now. It's so simple. Yep. I've never heard it. Maybe, you know, people say that all the time. I've never actually heard it phrased like that, distilled down, broken down like that. Maybe I just missed it. And it's obvious. But to have the coach actually say, you know what? Now when he breaks the huddle, instead of looking, okay, where are my guys? Right. Is my, where's my wide receiver? Oh, there are two guys on the right. There's supposed to be three on the left. Now he doesn't look at his guys anymore. He looks at the defense. And that's... That's an amazing market change, and it's what you were just sort of alluding yeah, to. Well, and for the last year, two years, maybe even longer, Steve McMichael, who I work with, tomorrow we're going to be here uh, from noon until 3.30 leading up to the game. But he always said, the reads aren't post-snap. The reads are pre-snap. Yeah. You're a good quarterback when you can walk up to the line and read it before you get before sure. you snap the ball, not after <laughs> you snap the ball. Right. And that basically is what Nagy is saying. The only problem with that is... Yeah. There are numerous times where his receivers have no idea where they're supposed to be going. Oh, we know that. And we see Tariq Cohen not sure. We mm-hmm. see Miller not sure. We see one of the other guys, a defensive player, lining up for some re- re- weird reason. He's not sure where he's supposed to go. And then you get a uh, illegal motion penalty. That's happened a few times this year. Oh, yeah. And that shouldn't be on Trubisky. They no. sh- the players should know where to go. But Trubisky's job is also to tell them and make sure they get there before the, the, uh, the play clock runs out. And... I will never say the player is uh, not at fault. He is at fault. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But don't you get the feeling that these uh, plays, these naggy productions, are very complex, and maybe they shouldn't be using them in a game if Nagy has any thinking that these, you know, I don't think Cohen knows this one yet. I better not put it in. Yeah. Sure, he should have. I'm with you all the way. Don't get me wrong. Well, I'm sure that he thinks Cohen knew it. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yes. Yeah. And there's been numerous times where all of a he sudden assumed. somebody's lining up on the wrong side <laughs> instead of the left side, wrong. supposed to be on the right side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they called the timeout the other day yeah. because they were going to have um, Prince Mukamara only run back and forth twice. Four and Nagy, Nagy wanted him to run back and forth four times, so they called the timeout. So uh-huh. they made sure he was going to run back and forth four times. Well, we have the cut right here. 
Here's Nagy, and uh, that was the two-point conversion yeah. pass to number 44, Kwiatkowski. Yep. Right? The big uh, backup uh, outside uh, or inside, inside the left linebacker. linebacker. Correct. Yep. I'm sorry. And uh, back and forth four times. Amukamara, let's listen. It's an old Andy Reid play, but he never ran it. So is that a, you know? So that's why we got we, that's why we had to do it in the preseason game this year. You forgot that, didn't you? I did, to be completely honest, I read up on it today, but uh, okay. I did forget about it. Yes. Well, we completed it yes. in the preseason, and I looked over at coach and gave him a little smile. Uh, but no, we added a fourth motion to it. So, um, and then we in practice, we we unfortunately we had to do a couple repeats for Prince. So he had like eight motions going across back and forth. But quick, uh, how about that? Pretty good catch, you know. Body body catch, you know. Good catch. I don't know. Worked. <laughs> that, that is the play, though. <laughs> I don't know. I just love listening to this guy. He's uh, he's maverick. He's a gambler. He's a riverboat shooting from the hip. Ron Revere used to have that uh, yep. a nickname, right? I, I I like the play again. I like all the plays as they work. I know. You know. You know. It's too bad he didn't have that play. At the end of the Giants game, when they kick the extra point to tie it and lose in overtime. Right. That would have been the play right there. Well, they just used their one trick play to score the game, the touchdown. That's true. Yeah, so. It would there, have been, it there's would, a rule against that. Well, there's I don't think there's a rule, but they, you know. Yeah. It would have been nice if they could have run both. But usually when you run one, it's like that's the play you probably could have used for your two-point conversion. And uh, they decided to use that to get in the touchdown. So, so. You, you mentioned Kevin White. I want to get also to the other wide receiver there, yep. the big day, Javon. Uh, Javon Wims. Wims. Uh-huh. Uh, Mark Potash in a couple minutes, sometimes Bears guy. Uh, real quick, we'll go to Bear fan Bob on 294. Bob, go. Good morning. Okay, a uh, couple of quick things. Uh, ground and pound is going to help win this game because it's all about ball control and clock management. I might think that uh, it might be a good thing if you bomb the ball early, kind of like they did against the Vikings with Gabriel. Murph, I love your uh, topics this morning because I think Trubisky really grew up at the Green Bay game. He showed you what he is. Uh, no interceptions, and he'd win this game, but it's not going to be a close. It's, it will be a close game, maybe, you know, 18-23, somewhere in there. And be careful of the matchups, long versus long. That has happened in the past, and it hasn't worked out too good for Kyle Long. Those are my quick thoughts. Guys, have a great day. Hey, good stuff. Thanks, Bob. Bear fan Bob checking in. Yeah, Chris Long and uh, Kyle Long going against each other. It, and it was it was nice to see. I wasn't sure exactly what Kyle Long was going to be able to give you. And then you see when he took 29 snaps in the first half, and at halftime, mm-hmm. Jordan Howard had 84 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, shows you a little bit what Kyle Long means to that running game. Yeah, that second play, he popped it for 42. Yep. Like the first olive out of the bottle. Yeah, I, I just popped it. I, I kind of, and I mentioned this earlier this week, yeah. and I know it's being very petty. Hmm. I would have rather he stayed in bounds and tried to get as many yards as he can instead of just casually running out of bounds. I like a running back that's going to go to the house. Yeah. Not, not run for a while and then say, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to run, run out of bounds. People say, well, he's protecting himself. That shouldn't be the that shouldn't be the running backs uh, in his mind. The, what should be in the running backs mind is, I'm going to run until they stop me. Could he have been tired? I have nothing to base that on. I've just thrown it out there. Again. We don't know. You're a running back. Well, I'm with you. I'm just saying. You shouldn't be tired. Well, I didn't say you shouldn't be. You keep running. You keep running until they tackle you. All right. Do we have a second here? Last week, 
And I'm going to sound like the old one-trick pony, which I hate to be. These, these network TV guys, Fox, they're just really getting to me. Uh, we won't rehash last week. That was Spielman and uh, Thom, and that's when they, they, were, uh, they blasted the coach for the uh, trick plays with mm-hmm. the cute names. And then I think most of us that uh, reviewed the play, uh, that was the run-run uh, pass option. There was the lateral, and Cohen dropped, and it was a fumble, and we know that play. Uh, most of us think that was Trubisky's fault for not eating it and instead throwing it. Not necessarily the play, but uh, whatever. We covered that last week. So there were back-to-back delay of games. Delays of game, uh-huh. brothers-in-laws. There were back-to-back delays of game. And uh, I, I just couldn't believe this. So Troy Aikman, you know what? I'm telling you, Fred, there's executive producers at these TV networks, Fox in this case, that are telling these guys, the A team, right? Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman. The B team, Brenneman and uh, Spielman. They're telling these guys, listen, we want hot takes. We want we want controversy. We want you to say, step out and do stuff. That's what we're paying you. Because know? nothing else makes sense. Here's Troy Aikman. Delay a game. Yeah. Delay a game. Troy, there may have been a little movement. Anthony Barr was looking for a flag for a false start. And I think him bouncing around, pleading for the flag, may have caught Trubisky's attention, and the play clock just ran out. Yeah, or Barr was trying to signal to the officials that time had run out. It was right around that same time, and and I don't think we saw it last week. You know, with Jameis Winston with Tampa Bay, I don't think... Mitch Trubisky had any idea the play clock had run down. And, and I don't understand that. The quarterback should always know how much time's on the clock. It just happened again, but they have to call a timeout. That's the third time that's happened Chicago again. Chicago takes a second timeout. Both timeouts that the Bears have had to take have come with the play clock almost at zero, as you see it in the background. Yeah, and, and once again, I, I don't think... Trubisky has any clue what's happening. Third down and 12. When we come back for the Bears up seven. Fox, I don't think Trubisky has any clue what's happening. Maybe he doesn't. That's uh-huh. Troy Aikman. What do I know? I'm just a fan, right? Now they go to a break and they come back. Two days later in, in one of the press, or the next day or the, on Wednesday, the presser, Nagy says, you know what? With our injured wide receivers during the game, I was having trouble getting the uh, plays in because they had whims out there and they had what? Now that could just be covering for his quarterback. We don't know. But they come back from break now. And I'll continue this. It's unedited, right back from break. And now Aikman accuses Trubisky of not doing his homework and not knowing where the play clocks were located. Let's listen. Down the sideline, the pass is incomplete for Bellamy. Down the sideline, the pass is incomplete for Bellamy. But a flag is down back in the area where Trubisky let it fly. Personal foul, roughing the passer, defense. against Weatherly. You take a look at where the play clocks are in this stadium. There's one down low. There's another one up high. And anytime I went into an opposing stadium, first thing I did in pregame warm-ups was locate the play clocks. You have to know how much time is on the clock 
every single snap. It is inexcusable for any quarterback to not know how much time is left. What's happened here in this in this first half is really pretty amazing. And Matt Nagy's about if he had any hair, it wouldn't be there now. Well, whatever. That's Fox. He said, "Well, I, you know, I'd I'd make sure I knew where all the play." Do you think as detailed Fred will talk when we return with Mark Bennett? Do you think as detailed as? Uh, the Bears seem to be in nagging that he doesn't know where to play talk. Maybe well, you know what? he may only know where the one of them was, and one of them was ground level, yes. and, and they showed it, and there were people walking in front of it. Right. There's a good possibility that he may not have all been right. able to see it because there were people in front of it. I don't know what the other one was doing up in the stands. It was way they up should to all, the right. right. They should all be yeah, right, ahead. Behind, I agree. right behind the goalpost. Right. And for some reason, the ones in Minnesota are not there. Well, maybe Aikman was right. Yeah. Maybe Trubisky did not do his homework before the game and located the four play clocks for mm-hmm. two for each direction. Mark Potash next. Back in a flash. Hey, vote. We have a lot of great Twitter poll questions right now. It's Murph and Fred. Vote at ESPN 1000. Glad you're with us. I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner. Not only with us, but with us from the uh, First Midwest Bank studio here on uh, State Street. One minute away from Mark Potash. Bears talk over from the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, Twitter polls are active. We'll see what you have to say in a few minutes. So vote right now. Got some great Bears topics up online. But let's go now to the Chicago Sun-Times Bears guy. Let's go to Mark Potash. Mark Murphy, Fred, good morning. Hey, Mark. Hey, Fred. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing great, Mark. Thanks, Adam. Mark Potash always has a few minutes for us. Thank you for that, Mark. Covering the uh, Bears since Bourbonnet and uh, man about town, Chicago guy born and uh, raised. He's the man. And uh, Mark, you had uh, you and your four uh, compadres at the uh, Sun Times yesterday made your selections. Uh, Messrs. Uh, Morrissey, Tellender, Johns, Finley, and Mark Potash says Bears 24-17, and here's why. The defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles are on a roll, but, Potash says, the Bears have the best defense in the playoffs and are playing at home. They've risen to the challenge throughout the second half and seem to be picking up steam 24-17. Uh, I, that sounds about right to me, Fred, but we're not in the prediction uh, business. How'd you get the 24 to 17 uh, number there, Marcus? Well, I, I just kind of pulled that out of a hat. Uh, that, <laughs> At that, least you're that honest. worked for me before. I think that I think I picked that uh, for like a uh, Falcons game uh, last year, or maybe even this year, and All I was right. right on. So that always seems like a good winning score, yeah. uh, you know, for a team like the Bears. Well, and you look at it too. Yeah. I mean, you know, their their defense is playing so well. Uh, if they can score points, you know, maybe they score a defensive touchdown. This whole Nick Foles thing, um, we we got to put a stop to this Nick Foles magic and do it right away because you you figure the Bears defense is going to come out hungry and angry. And if, if in fact they get Eddie Jackson back, that's going to be a key factor in this game. Yeah, I think the Foles thing is the most interesting aspect of the game because he does. Um, he, you know, he's he's good at attacking just about any kind of defense. You know, last year the best defense he faced um, uh, in the in the playoffs was against the Vikings, and he just tore them apart. And they were 
not quite as hot maybe as the Bears are now, but they were still pretty pretty salty and and uh, and and he made and he really attacked them. You know, just yeah, they had a great game plan and they did it perfectly. So. You know, Foles is definitely dangerous in this game against a Bears defense. I just think the Bears defense, like you said, especially if they get Eddie Jackson back, they're yeah. just so hot right now. And 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 on both offense and defense, the Bears are improving. They're getting better, especially on offense. There's a lot of there's a lot of growth going on. But even this defense is getting better as we go along. And I don't think I've seen a Bears team where both sides of the ball hmm. are on this kind of roll where they're still getting better. First year for the offense. Defense is kind of uh, kind of the first year with the Khalil Mack thing, so um, so that's why I just think that's why I think the Bears have the antidote for that. But again, you know, knowing Bears history and 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 and, and for those of us who have been around for a long time, you kind of cringe when you when you make these predictions because we've seen things happen before. <laughs> you always wonder what could happen. You remember those Bears defense? I can't remember who was the Redskins quarterback who just you know they they used the quick throws to was it Jay Schrader? I can't remember. Yeah, I but, think so. But anyway, something always happens, even to the best Bears defenses. <laughs> but but so I so I guess that's a little bit of a caveat uh, from being a, a, a longtime uh, Bears follower. But I just think I, I guess what I'm saying is I just think the Bears are so hot and so balanced on both sides of the ball that that they can, that this is something that they can definitely handle. You have your uh, famous uh, top ten uh, Bears notes. Fred was referring to that. First uh, and ten. First and ten, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. And uh, one of uh, the many great ones this week for Mark Potash. The Bears, now this is interesting. The Bears led all NFL teams in the first half defense. Not first half of the season. First half of all 16 games defense. Since where do you get these things, Mark? Since 2000, Fred, the only uh, teams that have uh, done this, uh, it's only the 2008 Steelers and the 2015 Broncos are close to the Bears' uh, numbers uh, in the first half, and they both won the Super Bowl. Here's another one. Here's item number four. Mark, you write, not only did the Bears go 12-4 and this season, but they were one play away from winning every game. They lost to the Packers by one point. They lost to the Dolphins by three in overtime. They lost to the Patriots by seven and by the, to the Giants by three in overtime. And then here's the coup de grace, Fred. Listen, this is the first Bears team not to lose a game by more than seven points since 1963 when George Hallis won his uh, last championship, now known as the Super Bowl. I mean, the numbers are just mind-blowing, uh, Mark, one after the other, and as always, you come up with some great ones. Well, thanks, Murph. I think uh, the, the idea that the Bears have not lost uh, a game by more than seven points, I think that is the most important thing. It's funny, only one team had done that in like the past five years, the 15-1 the, the Panthers. Of course, they only lost one game, so that's easy. But but anyway, that's it's a great indicator uh, of the, all the teams in like the last like ten or fifteen years that have done that, that have played every game close. Every single one of them has won at least one playoff game, except the pack, the fifteen and one Packers, and that's kind of a uh, an outlier because they rested they rested in week six seventeen and then had a bye and then were terribly. I covered the game; they were unbelievably rusty against the Giants, so. There's a reason for that, but I guess the point is, this team has been able to really handle adversity and success this season. They have never really let down after a big win. 
They have never they've they've recovered from bad losses. They had that stretch where they had three games in like eleven days. They handled that. They're 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 really good at that. And so I think teams like that I think are less likely to kind of have that crap out game, which even like the eighty four the eighty six eighty five Bears had all the good Bears teams under Ditka and all the Bears all the good Bears teams always had even you know just one really bad performance. This team is not. I just think that's an indicator that they are even keeled enough to really be successful in the playoffs. Certainly in the first game, at least. All bets are off in LA, I guess. Mark, when I was in high school and I got out of high school, I went to broadcasting school instead of college because I realized I never wanted to take math or science again. Uh, little did I realize what I was missing because I thought I never needed to find what X was. But today, in your paper, the the quotes from Matt Nagy say, "Well." The hard part is where he's at, talking about Eddie Jackson. He says, okay, if he's X percent, I want to know what that X percent is. So now <laughs> maybe if I had gone to college and continued my math education, I would know what that X is. Do you have any idea what the X percent is of Eddie Jackson going into tomorrow? No, I don't, because you just never know what any single player's uh, pain tolerance is, mm-hmm. his comfort tolerance is. And they not only have to know can he play, but can he play well? And, you know, they found out early in the year when they played uh, Khalil Mack on his bum ankle and Allen Robinson with his bad groin, it didn't really work out. And right. so they ended up not, you know, so, but but I, I think Eddie Jackson's going to give it a go. I think he looks good enough that he's going to at least, he'll at least start. Will he finish? That's another question. Um, again, the Bears defense comes into play again. They're so strong all over the place that, you know, he can't really be attacked. Uh, so... So it's. Uh, it, I just feel like the Bears can kind of uh, uh, absorb uh, a, a 75 or 80 uh, percent Eddie Jackson. They'll be pretty good, but uh, you never know until the game happens right. and you see just how good he is. Because I have no idea. I don't know much about Eddie Jackson as far as you know playing with pain and that kind of thing. And some guys are great at it. I mean, Dan Hampton was fantastic. And, sure. Uh, but but other guys, uh, you know, didn't even want to go. So so you really. So frankly, I, I, I hate to not answer the question, but we. That's just that's an. That's an unknown, an X factor, if you will. Right, right. You know, Dan Bush, good old number 26, he's no Eddie Jackson. But so far, he hasn't been burned. That I've seen the one pass, he maybe was a little behind. Yeah, on, but he I got mean, a holding penalty. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? He doesn't mind sticking his nose in when he runs up into the box. Uh, you look at the, I guess we're looking at the depth. This team's got depth up and down. Look at, now uh, you grade the Bears uh, uh, position by position, Mark Potash, uh, Monday morning always. Receivers, B+. Plus. With Allen Robinson out and uh, Taylor Gabriel, four catches but then suffering, and Anthony Miller suffering injuries. Burton, five for 33. Here we go. Javon Wims, four for 32. And... <laughs> Kevin White, one for 22. You know, I was saying back in the uh, camp, oh, why are you going to carry Kevin White? Well, you carried him because you had no one really better in the money. I understand that. But this Javon Wims, I was uh, one day, I remember Fred, I drove down to Bourbon A, and he's all over the field making catches. He probably doesn't know all the plays in that. But this Javon Wims, seventh-round pick, Mark, he, he really came to the rescue. Two big third-down catches last week, right? Yeah, you know, Murph, you read way too much of my material, but I appreciate it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just, yeah, I, uh, I think the depth on both sides of the ball, I think it's even more, it's just as important on defense. And, and to me, it's not so much on offense, it's, I think, the players and the offense. But on defense, I think the defense kind of creates, uh, is creating kind of the depth in that respect. And like a guy like Sherrick McManus, 
who mm. really kind of frankly failed as a as a as a nickelback. That's how you got Bryce Callahan a couple of years ago, and now he's in there, and now he's. Not, he's more than passable. He, he's a playmaker in there. And I think that's not so much because Sherrick McManus is a better player. He's the same guy he was. But the defense is better, and he doesn't have to play. He, does, he doesn't have to be uh, you know, uh, everywhere, be as good as he, as, as he had to be before. And so I think the, depth of the, I think the defense has created depth there. I think the offense, I think, uh, I think this is just the very beginning. This is a very formative stage of this offense. But I think uh, Nagy did a good thing at the beginning by kind of not spoon-feeding him and giving everybody the whole offense of what they had uh, from the beginning. And I think that's one reason why you're seeing guys who are on the fringe knowing knowing what to do, knowing where to be and when to be there for the quarterback. You know, if it's fourth and two at the 30, I know I understand giving your player confidence, but do you think he's going to trot, trot Cody Parkey out there tomorrow, or do you think he's going to say fourth and two at the 30? I don't want to kick the field goal. I don't want to miss. I'm going to go for the, I'm going to go for the first down. Do you think he may gamble a little bit more tomorrow with, uh, with fourth down plays and things like that instead of going to Cody Parkey? Or do you think, after all the talk he's had this week, that maybe Cody Parkey will get some opportunities? No, I, I think he'll take chances uh, okay. with that. I think and Matt Nagy's been—he's you know, an interesting guy. Uh, he's been kind of interesting the way he's handled the parking situation. He totally backs him up. You know, doesn't want to get down on him or anything. But when you see the two-point conversions and some of the things he's done as far as like when to kick the field goal and not, you know that he does not have trust, full trust in Cody Parkey. So he's playing, uh, I think, the correct way in not ripping the guy, but also being a realist and saying, hey, the record is what the record is. Right. If I need to take a chance, I'm going to do it. So I think in that scenario, would not surprise me. If he, in other words, he's not going to give Cody Parkey a chance at a 57-yard field goal <laughs> just so Cody Parkey can get his mind right or whatever, you know what right. I'm saying, just for his confidence. Sure. He's, he's, uh, he's practical enough to know that what his best, his best option might be to take a chance, and we all know when it comes to taking chances, this guy doesn't. is not afraid of anything. Mark, we'll spring you. I always appreciate your time. I know how busy things are for you. The barometer, not the barometer, every week, and it stays constant. Here's the uh, predictions by Mark Potash. Eagles, W. Rams, W. At the Saints, W. Versus Chiefs, the L. We'll see. I like to get the chance to see if it's a W or an L versus the Chiefs, right, Fred? Yeah, it'd be fun <laughs> to see down in Atlanta. Hey, Mark, thanks a million. Uh, uh, keep the great work up at the Sun Times, and we'll catch up more leisurely maybe uh, in February after that Chiefs game, okay? <laughs> that, that sounds great, Mark. Fred, good talking to you guys. See you, Mark. Thanks, Mark Potash. We're going to step aside. Hey, when we return. Oh! It's that game that's sweeping the uh, uh, studio. The floor. The sweeping the floor. That's even better. Match Murph. Okay. When we return, uh, yes, we actually have a uh, ESPN 1000 gift pack. Thank you, Randy Merkin. I have written down. There was a couple of cookies that he didn't eat. He set them aside. They're part of the package. I have written down on this yellow pad the name of the Bears player that I believe has been the most well, under the radar, all right? Okay. With talk. Uh, here at ESPN 1000. Uh, gets no love guy, all right? Uh, we used to call it unsung. Remember that old word? Yep. He's an unsung hero. Yeah. Uh, he's lost in the shuffle guy. Now it's under the radar. He gets no love. Match the name I wrote down, 3323776, and we'll reach into Randy Merkin's old drawers here. And uh, have an ESPN 1000 gift pack. All you got to do is match Murph. 
who is my most under-the-radar guys out there every game. No one talks about him. Matt Schmurf, 332 Dial quick, it'll get you in, get shots, ESPN 1000. A little more than 24 hours away from kickoff. You want to try to do the math in our heads here? For, no, let's not. Nah. 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 3.40 tomorrow, it's right? Like 20, it's like 27. No, 29 hours. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back to match Murph and uh, see if we have a winner here. All you had to do is call in. I see we got uh, Sean, Chris, Paul, Pat to get us rolling. Let's see if anyone can match more. If I've written down the name of my Bears player, he plays almost all the time. He's always out there. Who has been the most under the radar here at uh, the talk at ESPN 1000. You hear about this guy. You talk about Mac. You talk about this guy. You talk about Hicks. You talk about it. But this guy's right there, and he's under the radar, and I think he needs a little love. Let's go to, and we have an ESPN 1000 gift pack from uh, Randy Birkin's old drawers here. Sean's in Edison Park. Hello, Sean. Who you got? Hey, Murph. Good morning, my man. Uh, after you just said that, I'm sure I'm wrong. He said plays every all the time, but I think Kyle Long coming back and solidifying that line and bringing that nastiness is uh, a big key for, you know, fourth and one, third and short, but uh, he's obviously been off for eight games. So. Uh, we need him bad. And, yeah, uh, he was a big plus last week. Uh, I mean, 84 yards rushing for Jordan Howard in uh, the first half was awesome. Not my guy, yeah. but Sean, thanks for checking in, buddy. Thanks, Sean. Pre- appreciate yeah. it. Go Bears! Let's go next to uh, it's Madge Murph. Chris is in Burr Ridge. Chris, who's the guy that I wrote down that's under the radar and not getting any attention? All right, I had a h- tough choice with this, but I went with Trey Burton. Ooh, good old number 80. He's My out guy. there. He's blocking. He's running the slants. Yep. He's in on the uh, trick plays. Not my exact guy, but great try. Chris, thanks for checking in from Burr Ridge, buddy. Making those sideline catches on the left side. With, <laughs> yeah, so he's he's, he's going to be a key going against his former team this week. What a great pickup he was. Uh, let's slide and let's see if we can get a winner on Match Murph. This might be at Lake Forest. Paul, you're on with Murph and Fred. Hey, Paulie. Roquan Smith. Well, you know what? I don't. I have a guy that's even more under the radar. Roquan Smith leads the team in tackles. He's been everywhere. Uh, he's doing an amazing job. Love he, the guy. He is getting some love, though. Yep. My guy's even more under the radar. But phone again. Thanks, Paul and Lake Thanks, Forest. Paul. We got time for one final call Love Roquan. He just fell short of Erlacher's rookie uh, tackle record. That's right. Yeah, That's too right. short. Let's go to uh, Cal Calumet City. It's Pat. Hey, Pat. Hey, how's it going? Good, Good. Pat. Who's my guy? Match Murph. Go. Uh, Danny Trevathan. Yes, Danny Trevathan is the guy. <laughs> you know, no one ever talks about him. Inside right. linebacker. Yep. Fred's got some of the stats and the numbers yeah, there. He's been, he's been really, really good we'll this year. We'll talk about him now thanks to you. Pat, hang on. We got an right. ESPN 1000 uh, gift pack. We found it in uh, uh, Randy uh, Merkin's old drawers. So uh, be careful when it comes to your house, okay? Thanks a lot. <laughs> hang on, buddy. Hang on one second. Felix, hook up Pat there in, in uh, Kale City. Yeah, Trevathan with a couple of interceptions, a couple yeah. of uh, sacks this year. Yeah. And uh, those have been big. You never also, hear about him. Eight tackles for loss. 
and uh, it's great. The, the those two inside linebackers yes. are two of the best. Is the best one of the best groups of inside linebackers. Uh, the other one's playing tonight. Dallas's two inside linebackers are absolutely amazing. But I don't know if they're any better than Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. Trevathan's uh, been out there for all sixteen games. Yes, he has. Yeah, uh, four oh. quarterback hits. He's got a bunch of solo tackles. Yes. So, yeah, he's uh, he's played very, very well this year. Danny Trevathan, good old number 59, left inside linebacker. Fred, as you mentioned, six Bears have started all 16 games on defense. Trevathan's one of them. Amos, Fuller, Hicks, Floyd, and Goldman. Uh, like you said, solo tackle 76. He's uh, number two behind Roquan. Uh, he's number two behind Roquan in what they call combined tackles. And here, his two interceptions lead all of the box seven guys. And his eight tackles for loss trail only Akeem uh, Hicks with 12, Mack with 10, and Leonard Floyd with 9. He's everywhere. He plays all the time. He's yep. a key guy. Yep, he sure is. Danny Trevathan under the radar. Smith. And, uh, it's, you know, it's great because uh, Danny Trevathan was calling the plays. Eventually, it's going to be Roquan Smith's job probably. But mm-hmm. but it's nice to see Danny Trevathan, a guy that was hurt, uh, you know, when he came to the Bears, got hurt a little bit, was out for a while. But now with Trevathan and Roquan Smith, they're, they're going to be so dominant in this game tomorrow and such a key factor in this game against an Eagles team who throws to their tight end. Zach Ertz a lot, and it's going to be one of those guys keeping an eye on Ertz along with the uh, you know the Bears' nickel corner in uh, Sherrick McManus. Murph and Fred back in a flash, back on the Bears' beat when we return. Nine till noon most Saturdays. Going to step aside a little early today for Notre Dame football, so miss a little. Basketball. Miss a basketball. Oh, that's football exactly. came to an end. Ooh, no, no, that was not pretty. No. Back in a flash, miss a little, miss a lot. He has been 1,000. Back on the Bears beat, Murph and Fred, glad you're with us. You know, little thing, things change so quick, Fred, especially with football phraseology. Well, right. yeah, not only with that, but you know, January 2nd this year, oh. we were getting ready for the playoffs. January 2nd last year, mm. they were firing uh, John Fox and looking oh. for a head coach. So, pretty interesting. You know the phrase, uh, have you noticed this has changed? You know, everything changes. Uh, the flanker became the slot man. Uh-huh. You know, okay, that's fine. The jet sweep, we all know what that is, right? Yep. The wide receiver usually goes in motion, comes around, and you hand it to him instead of he just being in motion, right? Right. And uh, the jet it used sweep. to just be the end around. And, exactly. Yeah. The end around became the jet sweep. That's uh-huh. be, you know why? That's because there's fewer syllables. It's easier to, to say uh, in the meetings that, all right, uh, end around. Uh, no, jet sweep. Well, the jet sweep is no longer the jet sweep. Have but, you picked up on what it is now? No. The fly sweep. Oh, okay. The fly sweep. Well, and then the end around used to always be mistake, mistook for a reverse. Correct. Yeah. People used to say, well, there's a reverse. No. Well, no, it's not a reverse until the guy that gets the ball on the end around hands it to somebody else. Then it's then a reverse. It's a reverse. But yeah, it's, so everything's, right. everything's been off a little bit. But yeah, it's weird too because <laughs> I don't necessarily think the jet sweep, I don't think you actually have to hand the ball. I think you, you know, just the whole process of mm-hmm. coming around. Yeah. And because a lot of times they'll show, I guess, the jet sweep because the, the Rams used to do that earlier this year just to find out if it was a zone or a man defense, but, and they would hand the ball off. The Bears did too, but you notice 
that neither team has done it a lot over the last several weeks, handing the ball off to those guys. You're right. And uh, I don't know why that is, um, but they have not done it nearly as much as they've done it in the past. Isn't that the play? Anthony Miller got hurt on that play, didn't he? Wasn't that the play that his shoulder went out? You might be right. I think he was on. it was on a jet sweep coming to the left side, and that's when I think he was trying to change hands and... And all of a sudden, the shoulder popped now, out. Now, motion also shows the offense if it's zone or man. Right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I was explaining uh, to people numerous times if they've never had a bad shoulder. I never did. But my best friend, one of my best friends who passed away about a year or so ago, Bob. Bob used to be running down court. His shoulder would pop out. We're playing pickup basketball. He's running down court, and all of a sudden, he starts yelling. And he'd wow. have to run out over to the sideline and put it back in. And that's basically what Anthony Miller's shoulder has done. He said that earlier this week his shoulders popped out all the time. And uh, he'll eventually have to get that taken care of. He said he could have came back in the game last week. Well, Yurko's talking about, you know, shave it down, get the suction cup back and all type of things. I mean, Yurko knows. Well, you can do that, or you can just wear you can just wear a brace and have it pop out well, all the time. Well, he had the harness on when he came back earlier yeah. in the year, and he couldn't raise his right hand up. So any ball that was above his head, he'd try to catch one hand. Yeah, it's very difficult to catch when you got a harness wow. on. Hey, let's play the average game. What do you say? Okay. All right. Now, the average game, it's, the game's not average. It's a terrific game. But we take the average. Uh-huh. All right? Hence, the average, average game. game. There you go. All right. Uh, and this will be also, Felix, you want to you want to play the average game with us, Felix? Yeah, let's go. Great. Felix the Cat, Felix Reyes doing a great job. All right. Very simple. The three of us are going to make our uh, prediction as to how many points the uh, uh, Bears will score. And then we'll take the average. And uh, we're going to do the same thing with the Eagles. Uh, now, uh, with, with uh, So what I also did, Fred, I have the five guys from the Sun-Times. And they all picked the uh, the Bears uh, to win. Okay. Morrissey Tellender, Adam Johns, uh, Patrick Finley, and our guest, uh, Mark Potash. Again, after after 10 of the 11 uh, writers in Chicago picked the Vikings to win last week. Last week. Yeah, they're all on board this week, though. Who was the one? Was it Adam Johns headed right there? I don't know. I I'm can't not remember. Sure which I shouldn't one, yeah. say. All right, okay. So, uh, all right, be, figure out now. Okay, Fred, uh, Felix, uh, let me know when you guys have your uh, number for the Bears uh, uh, points. And then what we'll do is on the count of three, we'll all say the number. So that we're, you know, the, we don't, the jury's not swayed. Okay? I got mine, Fred. You ready? Yep. And uh, Felix got a number. Bears points. Count of three. One, two, three. 24. 24. I right. didn't hear what Felix said. Okay. I got 24. Fred, you 27. said. 27. And Felix? I said 24. Okay. Should be able to do this in my head from good old Lions Township High School, LaGrange. Certainly not from SIU Carbondale. But I got it. Seven. 11, 15, 25. 2, 4, 6, 75. It's exactly three. It is 20. Very good, Fred. Yeah. It was easier than that. You just take the, you just take the, the four, the four, the four, and, yeah, the four, the four, and the seven. You got 15 divided by three. Was that from um, uh, Morton East yep. in uh, Cicero? Yeah. I or, grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see okay. it. Either, it was either that or the racetrack. <laughs> I'm not sure which. That's probably I think it. it was a racetrack, Sportsman's Park back uh, in the day. Bunch of two dollar bills in your pocket. Uh huh. One two dollar bill would buy you four beers. <laughs> Back in the day, oh, yeah. yeah. When you were there, right? Underage. When the guy never saying, drank underage. Well, I would make the bets, and then I go to collect, and he'd say, window. "What are you? What are you doing? You you're not old enough." I said, "I was the same age I was when you sold me the ticket." <laughs> Let's go to the uh, okay, Eagles. Okay, here you go. Eagles, but I've only anything. heard that a hundred times. It cranks me up every time. Don't say anything. <laughs> Eagles. 
points. Okay, uh, count of three. Everybody ready? One, two, three, 13. <laughs> okay. Murph says 13. Fred, 17? Yeah. Felix, Felix said 10. I said 10. All right, well, that's uh, 20, 30, that's 40. Three and uh, 40 is about what? Uh, 13 and uh, a half. Look at that, Fred. Look at that, Fred. Go. <laughs> 13 and a half. So the final uh, score, uh, we're, we're looking at 25 to uh, 13 25, and a half. 13. <laughs> 25, 13. Now, the five guys at the Sun Times, I averaged those out. We said 25. They've got the Bears with 23 and a half. Okay. Okay. And they've got the Eagles at 15 and a half. We're at 13. Pretty close. So with the, is it st- it's still about six and a half points, right, fellas? I, yeah, I got six, but yeah. Six and a, six, six and a half points. I don't have a guy. So yeah, you don't need I just take it from the paper or something. So uh, we have uh, the Bears covering the uh, six and a half. Well, just so you know, the Bears yeah. have covered nine of the last ten spreads. Uh and the Eagles have covered just five of their last 15. Uh-huh. So, you know, so I guess, uh, you know, that's good for the Bears. Hey, before we uh, take a look at, we have a bunch of great Bears topics on our uh, Twitter poll right now. I want to hear how you voted. Oh, before we get uh, too far along, Fred, how about good old number 79? Uh, Bradley Soul. Soul. Yep. Did you see how many offensive snaps he uh-huh. was involved in this time? Eight times. Yes. Seven times they ran for a total of 28 yards. Eligible uh, receiver where he comes in, uh, uh, brushes off number seven and I'm nine. I'm usually brushing off crumbs when I do that. My <laughs> wife goes, are you eligible? I said, no, I'm brushing off crumbs. You got a little Jerry Krause in uh-huh. there, huh? And, uh, yeah, seven times uh, li- he lined up as a fullback, I believe, um, yep. and ran a seam pattern. On, on one of those where he got double teamed or drew double coverage. <laughs> there you go. He didn't probably get double teamed. They probably blew coverage. Surprised to see him out there, right? But yeah. whatever it was, again, Nagy comes up with call it a cute play, a trick play, whatever you want. But two guys ended up on uh, our, a tight, uh, on our uh, backup, uh, ta- he's a backup guard or tackle, whatever. He's, yeah, backup, yeah, either one. Lineman. Yeah, he plays. But the, the funny thing is that they know that he can catch the ball. So when right. he goes, hey, listen, if you're going to have a fullback <laughs> in front of Jordan Howard, why not just throw out an extra 50 or 70 pounds and instead of having uh, Michael yeah. Burton, have Bradley Soul. Soul really? shows he can move, mm-hmm. he can block, he can open up a hole, he knows the blocking scheme yeah. because he's a guard and a, you know tackle. He's done those before. Mm-hmm. So why not have him back there? Make complete sense. Guy so, can move. Back from the uh, so Matt Nagy. This is pretty interesting. He was talking about uh, back in his early days in the NFL, and uh, he he and uh, 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 Patterson uh, uh, Peterson Peterson rather. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, they would uh, they have ice cream, you know. They were uh, bottom level. Uh, they spending the, six hours a, a, a day together, breaking down yeah. tape, and uh, so it was Maggie. And I don't know. I just love listening to, to the Bears head coach because his press conferences are so unique. And he's talking about eating them. They're you know being from Pennsylvania. They have a different way of saying things. They have different <laughs> nomenclature. I know where you're going. On the ice cream. Mm-hmm. All right, let's listen to this. Because everybody reported this incorrectly. They said that, well, here, let's listen. Eating lots of ice cream late at night. We have, <laughs> he loves he loves the soft squeeze vanilla ice cream with the rainbow sprinkles. That's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. And he'll, he, he'll admit that. All right, now, everybody in print and talking reported it as 
soft serve ice cream. Yeah, he didn't say that. No, he didn't. No. And people, he was quoted. Yeah. Now, is this one of those examples where the writers say, well, he must have made a mistake or, you know, I'm going to correct it for him, to, you know, make it sound better and clean it up. So, yeah, they shouldn't have corrected it for him. I know earlier this week, uh, actually New Year's Day, I just said, what the heck's he talking about? Is that mm-hmm. the way they say it out there? Mm-hmm. Eating lots of ice cream late at night. We have, <laughs> he loves he loves the soft squeeze vanilla ice cream with the rainbow sprinkles. That's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. And he'll, he, he'll admit that. All right. We all know what soft serve ice cream is. Yes, we do. There's, like you go to Culver's and they have custard. Oh, I used to love that. There's more eggs in it, custard. You know, it's a, but... So what did I do? I Googled up soft squeeze ice cream yep. just for laughs, I right? just did that, yeah. It's, it's One of the definitions was it's, an, it's ice cream in a bag, like a plastic bag, and you squeeze it out and enjoy it. Yeah, I don't think he meant that, though. But that's what he said. I know. But what, so what are you in there? You're into, uh, you, you, you Googled up? Yeah. Scoffed. Squeeze. Soft, soft squeeze. Okay. Soft squeeze ice cream. And there's a lot of different variations of that. Yeah. Because I plowed through it. Uh-huh. But there's one, at least in the wiki, wiki I found or whatever. Yeah. And they talk, it's a certain type of a custard or soft serve, but... Here's one. Squeeze freeze ice cream. Uh, when a soft ice cream is formed, remove small bag from the large bag, open and eat right out of the bag with a plastic spoon. There it is! Yeah. They squeeze it out of a bag and eat it, right? So, yeah. So so everybody said, oh, no, there can't be any such thing. We're going to just change what he said to uh, soft serve ice cream. Yeah, I've never Eating heard of lots of ice cream late at night. <laughs> we have, <laughs> he, loves, he loves the soft squeeze vanilla ice cream with the rainbow sprinkles. That's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. And he'll, he, he, okay. he'll admit that. Oh, he's from Pennsylvania. And uh, so we, you know, Tracy Butler, we should get Tracy. Uh, would, uh, I love this yeah, show. Yeah, I know you do. I love <laughs> Show. Yeah, she would know. She would know if there's any such thing as soft squeeze on yeah. the, in the Pittsburgh, Philadelphia area. She would know that. Oh, man. To check with her because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, soft serve, it's the best. And I was talking the other day, soft serve and a cone. If you're going to get soft serve, you got to get yeah. a dip cone. Dip cones are great. Uh-huh. I still don't know how they keep the soft serve in the cone as they turn it over and dip it. I don't understand how <laughs> I that, never thought how of that. How could that possibly be? Mm-hmm. I know I would, first time I turn it over, it would all be laying there in the, in the chocolate. Yeah. Or butterscotch. That's, that's good, too. Hey, exactly. And if you look at me, you know I know ice cream. So, last week I mentioned uh, Miss Little Miss Lud. Fred, I said, you know, of all the things, one of the best things about the Bears continuing to play and into oh. the offseason, remember what I said last week? Oh, we week? don't have to talk about the Bulls and Blackhawks? Is well, that it? Basically, I said, we don't have to hear about the Bulls tanking. Yeah. Right. Well, we will still. That's why I need the Bears to just keep yeah. winning. I, uh, two people, two guys that work at this station were were tweeting last night. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, the tank is still on. It was an exciting game, and uh, and still we're on our way towards getting the number one pick. I can't take it. I can't take I it can't. either. Uh, let me just say one. You thing. know they. You know they're not trying to tank. We're not going to talk any bulls today, except for one minute. One. Th- how about thirty seconds right now, real quick? That game last night it was a great. It was a great overtime. That's all I saw. I was here until then. I don't know if anybody watched it. And what do I know? You know, I'm just a fan. I'm not an expert. I'm not a, a self-declared basketball expert. But the core three, actually it's the core four now with, How it is. with Wendell Carter Jr. And right? pretty soon it's going to be a five with uh, Hutchison. Well, he's... Yeah. And you know what? None of them are over like 24 years old. Right. Carter's 19. Uh-huh. All of a sudden last night, I know 15 seconds left on the Bulls. 15 seconds. Put the clock on me. Uh-huh. Let me just tell you something. 
last night, according to uh, Casey Johnson and uh, and uh, uh, Joe uh, Cowley and these guys that really know it, they both said it was sort of like a coming out. And after the game, uh, uh, Kendall Gill, they all said, you know what? Something happened last night. I don't want to say it you know, like Ditka. We became a team today. Right. Or, or uh, uh, that anything new is happening. Don't get me wrong. But I'll tell you one thing. These experts last night and in, in the reports after the game that we just mentioned the names, they all said the same thing. Last night, uh, Boylan opened up the offense. They were shooting three balls. See what this guy Boylan did, and everyone's laughing at him. But he's got a little bit of uh, of naggy in him. What he did was he said, you know what, i got to corral these guys. I want them to play defense. I want them to listen and know and understand the rules here. Sort of like we played in the first hour from Nagy. Right. You line up on this sideline here. You wear your proper shoes, you know. Stuff that would think to be rudimentary, right? Yep. But no. Now, all of a sudden, he's got these guys' attention. And they're weeding out this, they're weeding out that. And now they got guys, the core four, that want to play his way. And now he's now they're going to start opening up the offense. They they brought a team to the end of overtime last night that's third in the uh, Eastern Conference. And they've been on a roll. They've now won five straight Indiana. I'm just going to tell you this. Right now, if the season ended, the Bulls have the uh, uh, fourth worst record. All right? Okay. That means they would have the fourth pick. That means uh, 14%, 14%, 14%, and they would have 12.5% off the top of my head. They're not going to finish with the first, second, third, fourth seed. Uh, they're going to be fifth or sixth, maybe seventh. You watch. You watch. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. And then, right. and then we'll, we'll go for a, a two months talking about how they should lose. That'll be the next topic after the Bears win the Super Bowl. I can't take it. Yeah. I cannot take it. I can't either. Not again. Hey, the Cubs hired a guy named Bob Tewksbury or something. Yes, they did, did you see that? Yep, former he's, pitcher. He's the ment- going to be the mental skills uh-huh. man uh, uh, with the uh, Cubs. Also, uh, Mark Loretta. Yeah. Jed and Theo hired uh, uh, Bob Tewksbury for uh, the mental uh, skills. You know, yep. They're going to use them more than the players. You watch. <laughs> they may need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Loretta, the bench coach. So I guess uh, David Ross wasn't interested. Yeah. No, he wasn't. He wasn't no, well, he didn't want to uh, upstage Joe. You know, he didn't want to be standing there, the manager in waiting right next to him. He respects Joe too much to do it. That's the way I would figure it. There's a possibility. Maybe. Huh? Uh, hey, just one reminder to Cub fans. You love the Cubs. Tom Ricketts doesn't love the Cubs. He's an investor. Just remember that. Okay? Just remember that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. He was in the bleachers, met his wife out there, all yeah. the other stuff. Uh, the love story. Man, before he was a big investor. Yeah. Now he's a, now he loves investing more than the Cubs. Can I just put it? Maybe I put it that way. Well, from what we understand, he obviously loves uh, not spending money this year. Because? They he, spent it last year. He's an investor. Yeah. Uh, they spent it all last year. Mm-hmm. So. Hey, Cody Parker, you know who he is? He's Ryan Pace's Jason Hayward. Yeah. I signed who for how long? For what? It's not guaranteed, though, in the NFL. Well, he's guaranteed $9 million. <laughs> they, were, they put guarantee, well, I mean, $9 million guarantee. But the whole, but yeah. the whole still, shebang. Yeah, still nine is enough. Mm-hmm. I heard someone the other day, I had a little, I almost had a nightmare. I had a producer for a year or two, years ago, years ago. Year, not here, years uh-huh. ago. And, and not my great producers. Uh, not not Jesse, Will McCool. Not Jesse Rogers. I have that right here. Not Jesse Rogers and not Jonathan Hood and, and not uh, Will, Will McCool. Uh, I won't. It doesn't matter. I who still got to have a drink with him on the burbs. My producer. Right out there. For two years, he would pronounce the Chicago Bears 
as the Chicago beers, like a cold beer, a okay. craft beer. Okay. I don't know why I heard. Oh, I know why I heard someone recently sort of say, yeah, the beers are looking good. And I'm thinking, oh, no, not my guy. Have you noticed how often people mispronounce the word G-R-O-I-N? Well, yes. <laughs> grow in. They say, yeah, grow in. I know. I don't get it. I know. It's it's growing. It's not a sir, sirloin or sir, I can't even say it. It's not a sirloin. I know. It's a sirloin. How, let me ask you this: How can uh, how can Ryan Pace not be the executive of the year? We won't have time right now, but next Saturday, Fred. Hopefully, the uh, beloved are still involved. Yeah, well, then we play on Saturday night in Los Angeles. I, I reviewed, and we'll do this at length, just for fun. Bears fans, look at Ryan Pace's four drafts, all right? The four drafts he's had with the Bears. And then look at the three years, he's had four. The three years prior to that, 2012, 2013, and 2014, I forgot, I had to look it up. Not trying to stump okay. Fred, you remember who, I couldn't even remember, Phil Emery. Yeah, Phil yeah, Emery. Phil, uh-huh. E-M-R-E-Y. Emery. I don't right. think it was Emery, but whatever. Well, it is Emery. Who cares? Yeah, Phil Emery. He's gone. Mm-hmm. You compare Brian Pace, what he's done in the last four years, draft-wise, right. with Phil Emmer Emery. Yeah, but think about it. Before this year's draft, yeah. there were a lot of people... That there were a lot of people a year ago, January second, uh-huh. that said, "Listen, when John Fox is gone, you should take Ryan Pace with him because Ryan Pace didn't do enough. His first draft pick was Kevin White. Uh, his his free agent signings haven't helped, and uh, now in the span of uh, a year, look where we're at from five wins to twelve and four in uh, the playoffs and uh, NFC North title." Fred, he's draft, Things change quickly. He's drafted about uh, 28 uh, guys, uh, Pace, and my count, he's got about 20 of them on the roster yep. right now. It's unbelievable what this guy's done draft wise. Look it up yeah. when you have time. And then I went back and looked at the development, how they, uh, the Bears developed the Super Bowl 85 Bears. Uh-huh. All right? It was Jim Finks for a few years, and then Jerry Venisi came in with the guns blazing, right? Finks had grabbed Hampton. Otis Wilson, Matt Suey, Van Horn, Singleton, uh, Todd Bell, Jeff Fisher, Jim McMahon, even uh, backup guys like Tim Reitman, uh, Pinky Gentry, okay? But then here comes Venisi. Here, see, here's how you build to a Super Bowl. Yeah. You don't make mistakes. Even if they're not stars, guys that make the team. Guys that make the team. So Venisi in 83, Jimbo Covert, Willie Galt, Mike Richards, Dorson, Tommy Thayer, Richard Denton, and Mark Bortz. All, all big names. In 84, Wilbur Marshall, Ron Rivera, Sean Gale. 85, Fridge Perry, Kevin Butler, and a couple of extra men uh, running back, uh, 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 Thomas Sanders, remember, and Jim Morrissey, the linebacker. Uh-huh. Then you look at Phil Emery. Three years. He had like three guys total in three years. Yeah. And this guy... Ryan Pace is not going to win Executive of the Year. We'll yeah, break no, that down more. Win. He'll win that, and Coach of the Year will probably be Matt Aggie. And now all they need is a Super Bowl title to go with it. Those two and the Super Bowl title, it'll be fine. That's what we're looking for. Hey, when we return, Felix, I want you to come in when we return. We had some great Twitter poll questions. I want to hear what the fans said. How many games will the Bears play after Sunday? 
zero one two or three vote now uh Sunday, the Bears will win by more than six and a half, lose, uh, win by fewer than six and a half, or just lose the game. Uh, oh, and what percentage of the Bears' success is due to their defense? Okay. 20%, 46% to 80%. Because I heard Tommy Waddle say 75%. Did he really? Yeah, Tommy did. Tommy doesn't like dealing in the 20s. He likes the 25 <laughs> and the 75. So I want to find out what you said. Vote now. We'll be right back. Uh, Murph and Fred, vote at ESPN 1000. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with a might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears... Bear down. And Murph and Fred, final few thoughts before Notre Dame uh, basketball. Yeah, What's Notre Dame plays Syracuse. And don't forget, when that game's uh-huh. over with, Black and Abdallah will be here until 3, breaking it down for you. And then Jay Hood and Jeff Dickerson. So lots of Bears, uh, Eagles, lots of NFL talk and chatter throughout the rest of the day here on ESPN 1000. Thanks, Fred. Uh, lots of Twitter poll action. Uh, let's bring in Felix Riz. Felix, uh, what did the fans say? Uh, Twitter poll number one for the day. How many games will the Bears play this, uh, this season here after Sunday? Zero, one, two, or three? Well, Mark Potash says uh, they're going to play three more. He said three, yep. All the way through the Super Bowl. Ah, man. I tell you, if the game's at, if they play at New Orleans, I don't think they can win that game. So what what we need, the Bears need, Fred, is next week, uh, New Orleans to lose somehow at home to whoever they'll be matched up with would be either the uh, Cowboys or... uh, Seahawks. Thank you, Seattle. Yeah, Yeah. because I don't like the the way that would shape up. So I'm going to say... Two more games. I just don't see them getting past New Orleans. Unless New Orleans is upset in their first game. Uh, what the fans have to say there, uh, Felix or F- Fred? Uh, I, I think they're going to. I think they can play three. I yeah. think they can go to the Super Bowl. I love it. Uh, I think New Orleans, the last couple of weeks, New Orleans has not played very well offensively. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their problem is. They know they can beat the Rams. Uh, the biggest game is, is getting through this one. Getting through the Eagles game. Felix? All right, so lowest to highest, right? Okay. So zero or nine percent are saying zero games, right? Eighteen percent are saying one. Twenty six percent are saying two. There's a trend, and then the big forty seven percent are saying three games. Hope it's our friend. There you go. Next, uh, tomorrow Sunday, the Bears will A, B, or C win by more than the uh, six and a half point uh, line. It fluctuates, but that was the last one I saw. They'll win by more than six and a half. B, they'll win but by a fewer than six and a half. Or C, they will lose the game. All right, Felix, go. All right. 7% are saying lose. 35% are saying win by fewer than six and a half. Okay, wait, hold on. 35% have them winning but uh, not covering. Okay. 
And then 58% are saying win by more than six and a half. Take the Bears, give up the points. Next, is Mitch Trubisky ready for playoff pressure? He better be. Absolutely. Well, he'll have some rookie jitters. C, well, he won't blow the game. Or D, no, he needs another year. Is Mitch ready for big time playoff pressure? Give me the winner there at the. Uh, give me the top. What What was the winner? The winner is at thirty four percent. They're saying some rookie jitters. Well, we got close balloting. What's next? Thirty one percent saying he won't blow the game, <laughs> and then twenty eight percent are saying absolutely. See, Felix put a different spin on it. Ah, you, you can say he he won't he won't blow the game, right. or he won't blow the game. So one of the it, it, it's a little bit of a different different meaning. Wait, here, my but. headphones just crapped out. Yeah. They sounded the same thing you just well, said. Okay, he won't blow the game. Oh, he, okay, he won't blow the game. All right. So one's a positive. One is kind of more of a uh, he won't blow uh, the game. Yeah, he well. won't blow the game. <laughs> Next, okay. Tommy Waddle said this has made me think about it. Tip it ahead. Thanks, Tom. Tom said, you know, the Bears' success is about seventy five percent. Do uh, uh, to the uh, defense. Okay. So your options were what percentage of the Bears' successes due to the defense? 20, 40, 60, or 80? I'm going to say uh, not 75, Tommy. I'm going to go down to, I'm going to say 60, Fred. Uh, That's what I said. Okay. I said 60. I voted earlier. Okay. And, but not often, I see. No. Okay, Felix, what you got? What do we have? All right. Well, zero percent is twenty. Okay. Three percent is forty. Thirty-six is eighty. You mean eighty is thirty-six? Yes, eighty is thirty-six. These percentage things confusing. Ah, me too. All right, and then sixty-one percent of the people are saying sixty percent. All right. So the winner. Now I did not have seventy-five percent. If I had, Tommy might have been right on the button. He might have. See, I, I have to say, you know, don't discount. Goddamn, Tom Waddle. He knows football. You can't discount these nine-minute drives. The office seven-minute yep. drives, six-minute drives, because friend, it, it gives the defense time to rest and get off the field. Right? I mean, that's got to be a big factor. Yeah. You know, I get off the field. You go three and out. I'm I'm, I'm so tired of. Well, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm the guy that for the years and years. Oh, it's that's like right. Conditioning. The defense. Yeah. The defense. You know, you want to get off the field, go three and out, and that's what the Bears did the first four times against the Vikings. They went three and out with the defense. <laughs> That's how you win games. You shut down the uh, other team. You take away their will to win. That's what they did with the Vikes. TWTW, you got a little uh, hawk in you today, huh? The will to win. That's what they need. TWTW. <laughs> That's what they need on the sideline. Hawk Harrelson tomorrow. Hey, Murph and Fred, uh, going to step aside a little earlier than normal today. Want to thank our guest. Great job by, as always, Mark Potich at the Sun-Times. Felix Ray has all of his help. But again, Black and Abdallah right after Notre Dame hoops. And then right into Hood and Dickerson here on ESPN 1000. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. And we're going to step aside here and want to enjoy a little bit of, uh, from the Chicago Lyric Opera, Brian Griffin. Chicago Bears. What a voice. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down. 
some Chicago Bears and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bears. 